0: Hello, hello. Marty, there's something about now that we can, we listen to the music as we come into the podcast that just gets me more fired up for the show. There's just something different about it than when you just come in cold. I really like it.
1: Yeah, I do too. Uh, It reminds me of when I listened to our podcast after the fact.
0: I love, uh, I love too. So I sent... um, we did an episode, uh, a couple episodes ago, I interviewed uh, Nathan Rydell from the Government Affairs Office at the Big Eye, and I sent an email to Bob Russell, the CEO, and I just said, hey, just wanted to let you know that that uh, that Nathan was on the show, you know, if you want to listen to it. And I think it was the first time he'd ever listened to the show because he emails me back, "What's up with this seventies disco music? <laughs> What's going on with this show?" You know, it was just funny. He was just busting chops, but uh, it was pretty funny. Um, but the, the the music does seem to fit. So, all right, we got a couple really cool topics today. Um, I want to jump in first, and uh, actually, you know, I I had I I said something on the show a couple weeks ago i was I was fairly frustrated about a few things. I had mentioned the fact that uh, the baton had been officially passed from Marty to myself of I am now. Uh, the new face slash recipient of hate from all people who dislike something that's going on in some facet of either agency nation or trust.com well, yeah,
1: yeah and and from a timing standpoint I think also um, you had just you know tying it right back to your little uh, intro comment there you had just had that um, interview with Nathan so yep. you yep. were so you were kind of stoked on hey here's what's going on and the value that the association provides
0: yeah, so I, I was kind of fired up. I had also that week, res- you know, people like tag you on, you know, they tag me I, on uh, on Facebook and on Twitter and, you know, your leads suck, uh, at RyanHanley underscore com, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, uh, and uh, there's a couple things. So I was pretty fired up and um, and I had actually mentioned that uh, IAOA, the uh, insurance Agency Owners Alliance, which is a Facebook group, I mentioned them by name as an organization that had an anti-association platform because I had been told that uh, by a couple different people, and I learned, you know, this is a lesson I've learned multiple times, and it was a very amateur and uh, mistake on my part, as I actually referenced their organization by name. I should not have done that uh, because, as it comes to find out, uh, since since all the member, all the uh, founding members, and a few. Uh, A few of just their regular members um, then were uh, felt uh, or reached out to me to have a discussion about it. um, That it is actually not the position of the four kind of founders that's anti association, and nor is anyone really anti association, but that there have been some very uh, outspoken discussions inside the forum about the value of the association and that it's not the uh, the group's platform but that you know as part of what the group is all about is uh, allowing agency owners to kind of have a safe place to you know say what they want or ask questions which is perfectly fine and um and that they you know those discussions do happen in that space but that they're not like stoking them right or positioning their organization in between the association so uh or they're they're not positioning IAOA in between the association so um so I wanted to you know I'm a big man and I know when I've made a mistake and I was fired up and I said something I shouldn't have said so you know I take that back I I uh and I'm completely okay doing that um when you put your when you put yourself out like uh like we do on this podcast uh occasionally you say things that were inaccurate and you know if they were just mad at me um you know I I don't know if I would necessarily uh recant if it was accurate but they were mad but what I said was was inaccurate. and uh, and that's and uh, and I verified that through through a few of my other friends and and, you know, hey, you never say things that you don't know firsthand, and I didn't know that firsthand. Now, here's the cool thing that came out of it. So, again, I don't know where the synergies will be. But uh, Nicholas Ayers, who is one of their founding members or founders, I'm not, I'm not sure what they call it. There's there's four guys that basically run the run the Facebook page, and in uh, the conference, and Nicholas Ayers is one of those guys. He's going to be a speaker at Elevate 2017, which is exciting. And I, he had already been a, a speaker, but we had a chance to really we had never had a long discussion, and though the discussion started uh, as the result of something negative that I had done, um, you know, it ended up being a very productive conversation and one where I think. Um, there are some places where our organization can align because, uh, you know, I'm I'm down with there being a place for agency owners to 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 communicate kind of freely and openly and and with respect for each other. And I also know there's a lot of non-members in their group uh, to to both Agency Nation and Trusted Choice and, and that kind of thing. So I think some cross promotional stuff, which we'll get into at some point. And uh, also had a chance to have a conversation with Dave Jackson, who's another one of their um, founders, I guess you'd say. And uh and that was a very productive conversation too. So I think uh who knows what will come out of it. And though it started as a negative, it did open up some communication lines and get some conversations happening. So that was a good thing. And uh, you know, I'd say if you are an agency owner and and you haven't checked that group out, it, it seems like a pretty good place. I know uh someone I respect a lot, uh Nathan Bunty, who's an agency owner in um uh in Pennsylvania. Uh, he's been a member of that group for a while and has good things to say about it. So if, if he likes it and he's there, uh, he's just one of, uh, a few that I know who spend time in there. So it's, it's worth, uh, it's worth checking it out. And again, I'm, uh, I'm a big enough man to recant when I'm wrong. And I was, I was wrong in saying that. So I just wanted to get that. I wanted to clear that out, um, uh, and I'm sure that there was some some Hanley hating going on inside the group with him, well deserved in this case. No, well, note, well- to, <laughs> note, note to self: throw more bombs. Maybe yeah. some good stuff can come out of it. Now, if we were, you know, if we if we were selling advertising based solely on downloads. Then maybe it was a good play for us because I mean, everyone in that group who hadn't heard us, you know, obviously ran and listened to the episode because the episode went went bananas. But um, well
1: the proof the proof is in the pudding. If they come back for a second episode, then yeah. we know that uh, we, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. you know.
0: So hey, that's the deal. Uh, I'm a big enough man to admit when I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I'm completely cool with agency owners. Uh, disagreeing with what we do or not liking our product. I mean, Hey, that's their right. And that's just part of, of having a business, right? That's always going to happen. So I certainly don't care about that part. I, what, what I, what I had wrongly inferred was that it was stoked by the leadership, which um I have since uh I have since come to the conclusion is not true. So uh, happy right. to do that. Let's move on.
1: Let's get, let's get after it here. Uh, You, you and I were uh, as, as is our normal practice, uh, putting our heads together, sometimes collaboratively, sometimes uh, we look like a couple of uh, bighorn sheep on the side of a mountain banging heads, but uh, we were trying to figure out exactly what we were going to do today, and I posed an interesting question, uh, which I'm going to now ask you, as, as as is the case when we come up with a topic, very rarely do we get into it at all, because... Um, we, we end up sort of, we don't want it to be too scripted. So I asked this question, you know, we kind of marched down a, a, about 30 seconds. You went, no, no, that's great, let's do it. So let me ask you this question, Ryan. You know, we do a lot of work. We, we try to keep our listeners um, educated on what's going on out there in the, in the wider insurance world, whether it's insurance proper, or whether it's digital sales and marketing, or whether it's FinTech. And I ask this question of you, Ryan, do you believe that trustedchoice.com, are we a fintech or are we uh, sort of a a retread or a a, um, facility that is just maintaining insurance status quo? What do you think?
0: So this is obviously uh, everyone listening knows why I immediately gravitated to this question. I think it's I think it's a really good question to ask, not not just from the trustedchoice.com standpoint, but I think it helps us uh, have a larger conversation around what tech is and what role it will play in all our lives. And actually, it's funny, we're having this this is completely coincidence, um, but uh, we are recording this on a Monday, and every Monday morning, the leadership team of trustedchoice.com jumps on a conference call, and we kind of, there's so much going on, right? At any given time, we have 20, in some cases, 30 initiatives, and I'm not even joking about that. Some of the initiatives are really small, some of them are internal, some of them are external, some of our are sales, some of our are development, tech market, I mean, a million different things going on, and we all just need to have a couple hours to kind of, here's what's going on, so we're all on the same page. Okay. So, there are parts of that meeting that I find incredibly boring, and uh, most of those are when Marty is talking. And um, and I, so, what I was doing <laughs> while other people were talking, and I'm kind of listening, was I created a medium publication around um, around insuretech, and I called it insuretech IA. So basically, it's insuretech for independent agents. It's the it's the independent agent filter on the insure tech space. And and really, it, uh, it'll be a lot of um, republished articles from Agency Nation to put in that medium space, house them in one area. And I may ask some people come and contribute to this as well. It's just an idea. We'll see like all things. we You create it, you build it, you put it out in the world. If it doesn't work, you just stop doing it. We'll see. But um, but but I was thinking I was on this vein, right? So what is our lens? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is actually define what is InsurTech. You use the word FinTech. InsureTech, which is spelled just so you guys know, I-N-S-U-R-T-E-C-H. So there's not, it's not insure spelled out how you would spell it on its own. You actually drop the E and add tech. So Insure Tech is a subset of fintech or financial technology uh and i'm going to read this from investopedia is where i'm getting this definition from um because i feel like it 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 really does a good job insurtech refers to the use of technology innovations designed to squeeze out savings and efficiency from the current insurance industry model um The belief driving InsurTech companies is that the insurance industry is ripe for innovation and disruption. InsurTech is exploring avenues that large insurance firms have less incentive to exploit, such as offering ultra-customized policies, social insurance, and using new streams of data from internet-enabled devices to dynamically price premiums according to observed behavior. Okay. so That's the
1: entire insurance ecosystem right there.
0: Well, so I think... It's a really interesting definition, okay? And I don't 100% agree with this definition. It was It's just the most robust um, of the ones that I looked at. I also think that this definition clearly is written from the non-industry space, okay? So the person who wrote this definition, I believe, was writing... From a position of not not living where we live, right? They they didn't come out of the industry because the think about this. Uh, some of the language in here, which I find very interesting, and I'm and I'm ultimately I'm going to answer your question, Marty. I just um I just want just, you just give me this diatribe, yourself. okay? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you listen to what they're saying, the belief driving insure tech companies is that the insurance industry is ripe for innovation and disruption. I would agree with that, right? I think we. You know, so so do we fit into insure tech? I think we believe that the insurance industry is ripe for innovation and disruption. I think probably everybody listening to this to this podcast would say that that they believe our industry is ripe for innovation and potentially disruptions. Right. So definitely innovations, but and potentially disruptions. I think everyone would believe that. So that's not an outlandish statement. Where I think where I where I start to believe that they're coming at this from a non. Uh, industry background is when they say insure tech is exploring avenues that large insurance firms have less incentive to exploit. Okay. So this is where I think, I don't necessarily think that I agree with that. Cause when you look at companies like Safeco and some of the things they're doing, um, you look at, um, geez, now they're all, but so you look well, at the I company, traveler,
1: travelers, personal travelers, when I, when I, right
0: travelers you look at all the companies that are partnering with the insurions the cover hounds the companies that are looking into mileage based like progressive uh metro mile metro mile you know so so there are there are tons of well metro mile is is now bought their own insurance company so metro mile is no longer part of that right there was a time when metro mile was being underwritten by um by mosaic but um uh, they have now bought Mosaic and pulled them in. So Metro Mile is is both its own front end distribution system and back end underwriting force. That we could talk about Metro Mile all day. I think whether the impact they have is debatable. the The way that they're going about it, I think, is 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 admirable and and impressive. I think is probably a better word. But so I, I disagree that large insurance firms aren't tackling these things. I don't think they're tackling them as fast. I don't think that they are. I don't think they are incentivized to throw caution to the wind, all right? I think that is, you know, as we get in deeper into some of these discussions and back doors start to open and con- conversations start to happen, uh, I think you start to realize that there's a lot more going on, but that there is no advantage to travelers throwing a half-baked product out into the market that doesn't yet work the way it should and, you um, and agents don't like it, and then it sets the whole industry back, right? Because if if any one of these companies, this is the thing that we do have to realize, right? Um, if any of these companies, any of these large insurance companies, traditional IA companies, put a product together and and put their full weight behind it, and agencies take to it and it doesn't work, agencies will not and we've seen this before with other initiatives, they will not then give the next opportunity, the Gen 2 or Gen 3 of that thing, they will not give it the chance it's deserve, that it deserves, and it will, it will keep our innovation trend limited. So we ha- I, think, I think a lot of executives see this. I think a lot of uh, CMOs see this, and it's, it's one of the reasons why changes have happened so slowly. I, there's other reasons too, a lot of legacy technology, that kind of stuff. So long story short, do I think that uh, though, long story long and finishing, it's probably a better way to put that. Uh, do I think trustedchoice.com is an insuretech tech company? I absolutely, positively, without a doubt, 100% believe us to be that, not just today, but in the future, in the next six months, especially for those people who uh, go and get a ticket to, to Elevate 2017 and show up for uh Derek Hyde's session. It's gonna be in the afternoon or the first day. He is going to take 30 minutes and we are launching some of the biggest, most dynamic um uh new business and techno technology utilized new business opportunity thing for IAs I'm butchered that. Uh that that you're gonna an have an initiative in let's time. call it an, an initiative. initiative yes an initiative. You're gonna see an initiative that that. I think will change the paradigm of how I independent insurance agents um, prospect for new business, how they view the prospecting process, and how they make themselves available to prospects in an on-demand format that is customized. You know, they use the word customized, ultra-customized. I mean, social insurance, I think, is is like it's just marketing language, but um, and that's data-enabled. It's dynamic. I mean, it's six months away. But when we get there, we will be an undeniable force powered by every single independent insurance agent who chooses to be part of our platform. Um, it will be undeniable. I mean, it'll be it'll be a focused front end distributing out to potentially, uh, I mean, today it's 4,600. We have 4,600 clients on trustedchoice.com, but potentially every single member of the big eye who wants to be part of our platform could could choose to opt into this. Uh, that to me makes us a power player a sleeping giant you might say in the insure tech world all right so,
1: <laughs> so, so my, my 20 minutes of talking and yeah. you give
0: me all right
1: yeah well because because I wasn't sure if you were taking a breath and wanting to go further so but you didn't really address so so if if indeed uh we are a power player uh I'm I'm of the opinion that we're not seen that way today.
0: And, oh, absolutely
1: not. And 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 that was sort of the second half of my question. So are we, you know, in you know part of the insured tech revolution, or or are we sort of just um, sort of cultivating the old uh, same old same old? And you didn't really address that part of the equation. Oh,
0: okay, so that's that's a good part of the question. That's a good part. So I um again, uh, all things for me start written, you know, all these thoughts. Um, I was watching, watching the bills. Do- well, no, I shouldn't say dominate since I had to come back at the end, but watching the bills win on Sunday, uh, while my kids are sleeping, I was also writing a blog post and, um, it's this post that I've been talking about for a couple episodes now, this death by a thousand sure tech startups. And, um, you know, here's he- kind of how my thoughts are, 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 are coming on this. Um, we started out, so, were we or were we not an insure tech company? I think I think we have always been in that space. We haven't been heralded as such because our goal is not to disrupt the i a channel. I think when people talk about disruptors, they're talking about disrupting us. And what we're talking about is taking that disruption back to all these. MIT grads who think they know better than us, right? That we are the opposing force. We're saying, "Oh, you want to come in and 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 blow up the local independent agency model?" No, no, no. We're the ones that are pushing back, right? So the only difference is we have 22,000 friends who once they kind of realize that that we're here for them, which I think people slowly are, right? It's taken time. We've talked about this before. Uh, For good reason, I think a lot of agencies worried that we did not have their best interest in mind. I'm hoping that we're starting to change that, right? Whether you agree with every move we make or not, uh, every move we make, and Marty, you can attest to this, you've been here since the very beginning, is made with the IA in mind. I think we are that opposing force. So we are not disrupting, we're disrupting the disruptors, right? That is what we're trying to do, is we're trying to provide tools and resources and technology and opportunity to the independent agents to push back. Now, some, some insure tech companies want to work within our space, right? There are, not every company that is coming up through this insure tech movement is looking to, is looking to destroy local agents. Some of them are, some of them flat out say that, uh, but, but some of them, are, are just looking to help us harness what we've always done and make it better. And, and we're starting to build some partnerships. We actually, I'm, I'm not actually, I, I specifically do not want to use their name, but we have a, a really exciting meeting coming up in a couple of weeks with a company that we might uh, potentially work with and, and help provide some additional technology to agents. Uh, so I think we are the opposing force.
1: I want to go back to your football analogy, and I'm going to say that uh, the best defense is a strong offense, right? If we can keep their players, their their scoring abilities off the field, we win. Now, some uh, sideline uh, strategists and armchair quarterbacks might say, "You got too much run in the mix. You need more passing," you know, or or. Or what's with the dink and dunk passes? You need to open the field up, send somebody along, and let's let that ball fly, right? So, yes, there are there are differences of opinion in what the strategy should be. But I think your point is we're here as providing that tool set to the IA channel and allowing them to displace. And 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 prevent the offense of the uh, yeah. who would be infiltrators on the field.
0: Yeah, and and it's it's generational, right? I mean, uh, the first generation of our product was. Oh God, I hope someone comes to the site and contacts an agent. Um, today, that's not the case, right? Today, uh, today we continue to leverage um, search marketing and organic traffic. Um, we we're working specifically with some of the state associations to drive. Um, more search traffic into specific states uh, based on their desire to be part of that program. Uh, so we have a lot. We've done. We've 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 gotten to Gen two or even Gen three of search traffic, and that's a really good place to be. And what's cool is now um, we have the subscription based product, which which is which is excellent. Uh, not perfect by any means. It's still lumpy. There's still agents that there's some agents that will get 20 referrals in a month. There are other agents that might get zero. It, it happens. It's not a it's not a perfect system. Um, there's we are well aware of that. Uh, we are and to be honest with you, it's it's what we talk about every day. We just had a huge call last week about um, about our algorithm, right? The algorithm is a living, breathing thing, and uh, and we have to have very serious and sometimes hard fought discussions on how to make that algorithm best serve agents, but. What, what's what's fun about where we are is we've reached a level. Profitability was a huge part of that, huge, huge part. You know, We're a profitable insurtech company. That means we're self-sustained. I mean, nobody can come in and say, you guys need to shut down today, right? We, we generate enough revenue above our expenses that we make money every month. It's not a large amount of money, but it's enough no one can come in and pull the rug out from under us. Unless unless you and I keep agitating folks. <laughs> unless we keep, yeah, yeah, agitating But but here's here's the thing to that, with all seriousness, is so maybe we're in gen three of the platform, right? Well, it's gonna take 30 generations of this thing before we really dial it in. And maybe that's maybe the 10 generations, right? But this next generation is like you said, it's starting to diversify our game plan. Maybe we were just power right, power power left uh you know in slant passes that was all we could do well and all the football analogy may be lost on a lot of people but we're starting to open up our game plan a little bit as a side note you know who throws a great deep ball tyrod taylor you know who catches a great deep ball sammy Watkins. go bills bills mafia (laughs) um so the
1: east coast listeners are happy those people in the midwest and the west coast are where you know they want some represent here
0: Actually, everyone who isn't from or doesn't live or have family members in the city of Buffalo hates me right now. So that's okay. I've lived with that my entire life. The um, I'm actually wearing a Bill's scarf, just so everyone knows. It was about 20 degrees out today, and I currently have a Bill's scarf around my neck while I'm podcasting. Uh, so, so, this is, so it's fun. So what does that look like? It means doing things like um, more defined advertising methodology it means dialing in on pay-per-click ads it means social it means capturing consumer emails that don't contact an agent remarketing them and driving them back into into a local independent agent it means taking the full set of tools and starting to harness them and uh, I think a good question would be well well, geez guys why aren't you doing that today well the god's honest truth is um, we've tried them and failed mostly because uh, we do not have an army of people who sit here that we have a we have a defined set of resources and uh, we would not be good managers and good stewards of our product if we tried to do a thousand things at once and we're not good at all of them we are very 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 good at search marketing at SEO and driving organic we are very good we are we are we're incredible and I A lot that has little to do with me um, from a tactical standpoint, but uh, we're just good at that. So now that we're good at that one thing, now we can say, okay, let's go learn how to be awesome at capturing emails of people who don't contact an agent and drive them back to our site to to bring them back in. That means more opportunities, right? People who have already who are. Who've already seen our brand, or one of the brand of our carrier partners, or one of our agency partners, and driving them back in over so, and over again. So
1: let me let me let me uh, let me uh, sort of pull back the covers on that very specific thing. Um, some of you may recall that a number of months ago we had a workflow change. Uh, it was actually, it was right at the the uh, our anniversary, right, Ryan? So, call it July one, give or take. Um, that workflow change did a number of things. But one of the things that it was very, very effective at was capturing those email addresses that Ryan was just talking about. So the point is we made a specific change. It wasn't without risk. We were worried, is this going to mean we've got visitor drop-off and are we going to deliver fewer opportunities to um, our subscriber agencies? But we took the risk because we thought It was worthwhile. And the good news is the risk wasn't as great as we thought. But more importantly, the value of those email addresses is astronomical. And so, as as Ryan said, one of our next projects is trying to figure out now that we have this trove of opportunities that didn't reach out to an independent agent, how do we uh, constructively engage
0: with them again? Yeah. So um, so this is starting to sound like a trustedchoice.com advertisement, which it isn't, which I didn't necessarily want it to be. I just thought the question of whether we're an insured tech company is interesting or not. So the, to answer the, the question, Marty, yes, we are an insurtech tech company. Why do we not get press? Because in the minds of those who write those articles, we are the British right we are the we are the old guard trying to impose the way we want to do business onto this public you know s- clamoring for revolution um i think i think that's a ludicrous idea uh considering um the average retention rate of an independent insurance agent versus any other form of uh delivery on on property casualty insurance but but that's okay uh the reason we don't get press is uh, uh, a couple is is because we fight for IAS is one part of it. the The other part of it is that um uh, we don't do an incredible job with public relations. And um why don't do an incredible job with public relations? Because that's time and money. and um and when you again, when you're allocating you know, your I, I think
1: I think there's another part of this too, Ryan. And that is, um, we don't fit the narrative that the publishers and the writers have, right? The the narrative is um, young guys with uh, nothing but stars in their eyes and 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 the 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 will to work late nights and eat pizza you know um, revolutionize state old industry yeah. and that's not who we are so so it's hard for them to wrap their brains around you know, writing an article about us. Cause we're not, you know, we're not a bunch of 20 year old kids who've never can't spell insurance, much less know what underwriting is.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I don't think, I don't want to blast the publications too much. Um, uh, cause you know, I mean, I, I think it's part of that. I think that's part of it. I think part of it is our own fault. Um, we don't do a great job of getting in front of them and, um, you know, in in the in the grand scheme of things, that's a trade off, right? I mean, I have my people generating organic search traffic, not um, not pounding the email inboxes of writers. I just don't. I mean, that's a God's honest truth. I just don't. You know, in the in the grand scheme of resource allocation, that's uh, that's a decision that I consciously made. I mean, we do some press releases occasionally. It's just not a big part of what we do, so we're not on their radar. I'm hoping to change that in 2017. Um, getting. Uh, a more public image and more public understanding of what we're doing inside the industry uh, and the technology we're we're bringing to the table, especially considering some of the releases that we're going to have out in the uh, say Q2 of 2017. I think I think it's important that we're there. But uh, the other side of it is, I think you agree we're we're defending we're defending the the old guard. And pushing back from the old guard standpoint, and uh, that is that is not as sexy. So, um, so so here's here's the other thing that I would like people to take away from this. Uh, and again, I'm I talked a lot about uh, you know we resource allocation, right? And this is a big question I get inside Agency Nation University, and we talk about these things, and just from people in general. And it is very easy to succumb to the let's do everything methodology. And that was kind of the case when I first took this job back in January of 2015. I think it was. Uh, we were doing all, our our portfolio of um, activities in trying to generate traffic and interest was incredibly wide. Right? We were we were uh, what a mile wide an inch deep. I guess you would say. Um, maybe not an inch deep in some places, but 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 not focused. And one of the very first things that I did when I got to the position was, you know, in evaluation and talking to team and finding out, you know, who we had um, and how much money we had to spend, all that kind of stuff. Um, We cut really anything other than search for the most part. We do a little bit of pay-per-click because that's part of our search strategy. Um, And we do some other uh, traffic acceleration activities uh, using social media and some other stuff. Um, But as far as advertising as far, you know, in some of these other, some of these other areas, we pulled back because we wanted to get really good at search. So, um, a a takeaway for your own agencies from this is when you're thinking about where you want to spend your time, right? Uh, it's easy to get lost in the new shiny thing. That's very easy to do. It's also easy to think that you need to be doing everything and you don't. We have almost no social media presence at trustedchoice.com. Almost zero social media presence. Uh, agency nation has some social but it's really just facebook agency nation has a twitter account we have an instagram account i do those a little but you know we really don't have a big we really just have a facebook page for agency nation and we have a we have a facebook page that allows us to advertise it's not even really an operating facebook page from the traditional standpoint and the reason being is uh we can't be everywhere and be awesome at the things that we do uh so Think about how you want to spend your time. Think about what you know, this goes back to the tracking thing. we've talked about that. What is making your phone ring? Okay? What is making your phone ring? I would guess that um, I would guess that uh, it's probably your email list and well-written, well-developed uh, blog posts and, and that are marketed out in the area. So de- creating a website that, that, that attracts people, right. And, uh, that and your trustedchoice.com advantage subscription. <laughs> okay, Marty, I, I think it's time to, uh, I think it's time to get on to our next topic. We're running, we're running, um, we're running pretty good with this topic. We beat it up quite a bit, uh, I think it's a really interesting question. I think in general, dissecting and sure, text is great. So, um, hey, You know right. what? I'd,
1: I'd love to reach out to our listeners, and uh, if you've got a strong uh, feeling on this or maybe even our next topic, uh, reach out to us, would you? Tell yeah. us what you think.
0: Episode. This is episode number 48, so agencynation.com forward slash podcast, episode 48. We got comments section. You can leave comments there or hit us up on the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash agency nation. You can tag me, you can tag Marty. Uh, you can post right into the page. Uh, just, just hit us up. Uh, we'd, we'd be happy to have conversations around this and, and get your guys thoughts. And um, we can always share them here on the podcast. So uh, let's move on to the next topic, Marty. You got it. I, I was assuming that you would intro. bring us into the <laughs> Next topic. Okay. All
1: right, so I guess I'm doing it. Uh, this is when the pre-show discussion goes awry. (laughs) Different different understanding is how the whole thing is going to come together. So, uh, I have a, uh, a uh, blog post that's about to go out this week. And, um, when I sent it over to Ryan, he had a couple of comments. The first comment was, um, what the hell is bespoke? And the second comment was, I think you're full of it um, based on some advice that I, uh, got to in the middle of the article. And so, um,
0: I figured not I'd let, fu- I, well, I, okay. Let me, let me I don't, well, we'll get into it, but not full of it. Full of it wasn't exactly what I said. I basically said, this is a pretty bold take. I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure everyone's going to be on board. That, that's because I don't necessarily a hundred percent disagree. It's just, you get, will get into it, but I'm not, I wasn't, positioning myself against it hundred percent but i just it's a bold well just just yeah it is a, i
1: mean and and this i would imagine i'm gonna get some uh i think i'll get some hate
0: mail on this one frankly maybe not hate mail but i'm sure there's people that disagree with you so lay it on lay it on everybody lay, lay uh lay your opinion on everybody here so
1: do I need a, Do I need a preamble, or do I just run right to the right to the? Probably, the I point?
0: probably did too much preamble for everybody on the last topic. So, let's All right, just so not, right yeah, it. not too much.
1: So, um, essentially, what triggered this this uh, this blog post was I was thinking about a friend of mine whose um, son is kind of tall and slender, and he had to go to a wedding. And he didn't really have any clothes. He went out and shopping and, and came home in a suit that barely fit. Because uh, he went to his local uh, his local mall and, you know, went to the retailer. And he bought a coat off the rack and he bought a pair of pants off the rack. Maybe he got himself a new shirt. Um, but because of his body style, it just didn't fit right. And his dad said, no, no, no. Come on, you're going to come to my tailor. And the, and the young man was like, tailor... What the hell's a tailor, and why would I ever go to one? Well, that got me thinking, and uh, I know that um, we pride ourselves—we, the independent channel—pride ourselves on our risk expertise, our ability to manage risk, our ability to assess um, coverages, to to know the policies inside and out. And uh, you know, I guess I just believe that there is a limit. You know, we only have so much time. Uh, in every day as Ryan said you kind of got to focus your efforts you can't do everything Um, and so my point is if somebody comes to you if you're a young producer and somebody comes to you um, and they've got a pretty good package already and maybe they're with you know an insurance company that we wish that they weren't but we know it's an insurance company that pays their claims and whatever maybe they're on tv a lot um how much effort should you expend trying to move them from where they are to your offering? Sure, we can talk about how our policy form is, you know, better in these oddball situations, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, you know, if your normal close rate is, call it 50%, because you're, you are you know, a great salesperson, Um My guess is if somebody is ultimately focused on cost as one of their drivers of their decision, that is a tough place. If you don't have something that can compete financially, all the talk that you can, all the reasoning you can talk about these claim situations that you know your policy coverage takes care of that their existing policy may not, to me seems like a ton of work that isn't going to be very successful. Now, I'm not suggesting that if somebody comes to you with minimum limits, that you shouldn't be selling them more. But what I'm telling you is, somebody who's starting their life, they don't need a three million dollar umbrella. And so, the question is, can you um, can you can you get them to uh, a position where um, they they don't? Uh, have those exposures without a ton of extra effort. And I believe that that is a very, very tough sell.
0: Yeah. So what you're talking about is good coverage triage, right? Which is something that we all have to deal with. And I'm thinking, you know, most of my experience uh, as an insurance producer was during the dog days, early days, right? I don't have much experience of being the successful high riding, high flying uh, insurance producer. Um so you know this is a really tough one and i guess you know just to break it down let's let's give it let's give a, a an example right and this is i would love to hear from our audience on this one because I know so many of you are gonna have uh are gonna have opinions uh again uh, agencynation.com forward slash podcast hit up episode number 48 and and leave your comment leave it your uh, leave your opinion in the comments i really want to hear from you guys um i think marty and I both uh we just, we thought this was an interesting question. I don't think either of us have the answer to this one. So, uh, let's, let's say we'll, we'll call it out. So, um, someone calls you from state farm, right? Calls you, uh, that's a, uh, single woman. Uh, she rents an apartment in, um, you know, in this, you know, just outside, whatever your metropolitan area is, whether it's 20,000 or 200 or, you know, 20,000 people or 200,000 people, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, and, uh, she's got three hundred single limit on her auto. She's got a renters insurance policy with five hundred thousand dollars in fault liability uh, or you know, personal liability. She's got twenty thousand in contents coverage, which you know more than covers the majority of the stuff in her apartment. Uh, you know, so when you look at it, you know she's got comp and collision with. $500 deductibles or $1,000 deductibles, and and you look at it, and the price is reasonable. Maybe you can beat it by a couple bucks, but it's not great. I, I guess, you know, this is Marty's question. When you get that person in, um, how much should you try to sell that person that you already know? You're really giving them something? You're going to give them something? Other than you, you know, how much do you sell yourself and the IA channel? I guess it's probably the question, Marty, right? Is is the coverage that you give them will be of similar ilk are there places that you can find better you know you can plug in better things I'm sure right you could position an umbrella maybe you go to a million dollars personal liability that there is uh there are there are places that you could improve the coverage but really at that point you're selling maybe yourself uh you know hey this is what I can do for you this is what our agency can do for you this is what we can do over time by 30 carriers you know this and that um how much time do you spend on that since that at least from, you know, at the beginning, you know, we're not talking when you're good. When you're, when you're three years, four years, five years in, you're rocking and rolling. Maybe this is a different discussion, but those first, that first year or two, um, when you're still struggling with your pitch, you don't have all your stories down, all that kind of stuff. Um, how much time do you spend on that person versus passing them off and saying, you know, Hey, I, I need to find that person who's a good risk, but, but somehow got boxed into, you know, a a 5,100 auto policy. And I know I can, I can do good stuff for them by bumping it up. Is that what you're asking?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. And, you know, and, and, and my, my thought process was early in your career and, and, and frankly, anytime in your career, um, you want to be working on, um, high, Highly optimized opportunities, right? And so my point in this article is as painful as it might be to leave that individual where they are at that state farm, if that's who they're if they're coming to you with, a, you know, they're looking for some help, um, maybe that's the best thing. For you and for your career, rather than, than spending a ton of time, go out and find three more opportunities. And what I suggested might be a way to avoid that is rather than trying to be, you know, the, the, uh, the, the Swiss army knife, uh, or the jack of all trades of insurance agents. You develop an expertise, and you develop an expertise in something that's tougher to cover, something where the people who come to you really do have a challenge, and now you're not just fighting lowest common denominator stuff. You actually have an expertise where they want to seek you out because you know how to solve their problem, and that's really where I was driving
0: yeah, no. And I think it's really, it's a really interesting point. Um, and a re- really interesting question again. So, uh, this is what I would say. I think earlier in your career, you sell coverage over relationship cause you're not necessarily comfortable in your career yet. Uh, at least through my, you know, I was an agent for just over eight years. So I, I had definitely by eight years, I had hit the transition from selling coverage to selling relationship. Um, and it was more the stories and the, what we could do and Hey, we're always here, blah, blah, blah all that kind of stuff. um, but uh, you know it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting question because in early in your career you're selling coverage right you're 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 just trying to bang on as many doors as you can create as many opportunities you're picking up the phone you're writing whatever comes in you know look at Justin Waters the case study that we wrote from TrustChoice.com right this guy's killing it because he picks up the phone he writes everything now part of that is he's willing to write the stuff that most agents won't write I mean. Geez, if we could find an agency that was willing to write taxis and transportation uh, nationwide, we could make them rich, but no one wants to write it, right? And the people that do really just want to cherry pick the cream of the crop, which I completely understand. I'm I'm not knocking that methodology. Um, Just, you know, taxi drivers need insurance too. And if we can, you know, and just from a trustedchoice.com problem, we're constantly banging our head off of, everybody wants... Two cars, a home, an umbrella, a perfect credit score, and they're coming off a fifty one hundred policy with Geico, right? That's what everybody wants because that's easy. Oh, come on over, we'll give you, a, you know, this is an independent carrier, and we'll up your coverage, and we'll save you some money, and blah, blah blah. That's perfect. It's amazing. That is that's just that's not what all the risks are. So, do you, as a young producer who's maybe struggling an opportunity, say, you know what? Um, If I take on taxis, yeah, is it the best business? Meh, probably not. Is there a little more headache in it? Meh, probably. But could I write a ton of them by defining myself in the market for this tougher risk and just plow business all day long and become the, the master guru on this line of business that no one else wants? Absolutely, you could. Absolutely. And I do think, I think that's a tough decision I don't, I don't think it's a decision that should be gone into lightly because you are setting yourself up for failure, or you're setting yourself up for the potential of failure, right? You're you're creating risk in your business, but there is so much opportunity with some of these harder to write lines of business. That if you can find a great MGA uh, who you know and a good partner in that MGA who can write that business, if you can find maybe some sort of program that you can you know cut cut revenue with or, or, or cut commission with, you know what I mean? Uh, there's there's tons of, of of opportunity and harder to write stuff that an early producer might want to take on and might want that burden, that extra work that maybe someone who's established just just isn't interested in anymore
1: so uh sid and i were down in south carolina a couple months back and we we were doing a um we did we did a, a presentation and after the presentation we were having lunch with a couple of young producers and one of the guys you know so as is usual when i'm talking talking to people, so you know what do you what do you like to write and this that and the next thing and and this young guy sitting across from me literally said you know a lot of guys don't write mobile homes, but I like mobile homes, you know. The premiums aren't that great, but you know what? Those people have other lines of coverage too. And it was like, "Wow, here's somebody who really gets it. Go after yeah. the stuff that's a little tougher."
0: Yeah. Hey, you you want I mean, I love it. You want a great, you want to write a ton of business? Go after um go after umbrella only. And then mm. and then here's the genius part. Cross-sell the home and the auto. Genius. That's like, you want to write a lot of business? Taking candy from babies. Start writing umbrella only. And everyone who's been in the business for a long time is going, no, don't do it. Don't write umbrella only. You don't want that. You only make 15 bucks. True. You only make 15 bucks on the umbrella. But if they have an umbrella, that means they have other things that need coverage for and 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 if you're an independent agent through the big i you have access to RLI and I think almost in every single state which will write umbrella only policies right why would you write an umbrella only through ROI well usually when it's umbrella only it means they have some hard to place risks underneath that maybe they have a couple DWI's or they have a bunch of kids or they have, you know, depending on the state, under underage drivers, that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe they have uh, some ATVs or uh, or a speedboat that goes over a certain amount of uh, or a, or a lead foot hours. like Ryan Hanley. Yeah, well, yeah. I actually, uh, now that I've had kids for three years, I drive like Miss Daisy, but uh, like I'm driving Miss Daisy, but uh, um, I'm, it's I drive so slow now; it's so pathetic. Uh, so the idea is that. Is writing an umbrella only policy seem like a waste of time? I think to an established producer it does, and I completely understand why that would be the case. But if I'm a young producer or I have young producers at my agency, putting them onto this harder to write stuff or the stuff that's kind of backdoor feels like a backdoor, man, they can learn a lot, they can learn about the business fast and they can they can get a lot more opportunities by taking on some of the hard to hard to play stuff. So I think it's a great idea, Marty. I really like it. Um, I would love to hear now again. We're just a couple of talking heads, you know, uh, theorizing what should be done. We would love, love, love to hear from you guys. Uh, AgencyNation.com forward slash podcast. Episode number 48, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook. You can always tag uh, Marty and Marcel. We're both on Facebook. It's, and we'll jump
1: it, in. It's a little known fact, but uh, both Ryan and I, that
0: in the agreements to be able to be on this
1: show was we had to have full frontal lobotomies. So we are absolutely vacuous gas bags. Exactly,
0: exactly. Well, I think, Marty, that's a great place to come to an end here. And because I can start the music, that means it's official. So thank you, everyone. We'll catch you next time if you haven't subscribed yet. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Take it easy. We're out of here.